right. All right, let's, let's get into the word. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. We'll start off with 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, we've been talking about consideration of the whole. We'll get into that again today. And just we, uh, we spent some time last week just talking about, you know, when you consider the whole, sometimes you have to backtrack. You know, you have to backtrack. I was talking to uh, a uh, mechanic the other day that works on cars, and you come in for a diagnostic, and they kind of backtrack. So you can, you know, you may think you have a leak, but, but they have to find what, where the origin of the leak is. So they have to consider the whole, you know, uh, when they're doing their diagnostic. At the last church we was at, uh, uh, Columbus Christian Center in Columbus, Ohio, we were for 18 years. Uh, when they first built, when they built the church, the church was new. We might not have been in the church that long, maybe a couple of years. So in my office, I could see a, 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 a stain, like a water stain. I was like, it's a new church. Like, <laughs> how do we have a water stain? And so they went to look for the leak, but the leak wasn't coming from where my office was. The leak was coming from way on the other side of the building. It traveled down to where my office. So they had to find the origin. And it just so happened, whether it was new or not, uh, if you don't know this now, if you build something, flat roofs aren't the best. <laughs> you know, they, the water just sits there, you know. So after a while, the water will find its way, uh, even if it has to bore through. And so same thing in our life. Sometimes we're having um, things are leaking in our lives. And so God has us to step back and consider the whole but we have to go back to the origin of why things are leaking out in our lives, right? All right, so let's get to uh, 1 Corinthians 6.12. I'm going to read this out as a classic amplified version. Classic amplified version. It says, everything is permissible or allowable and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful or good for me to do, expedient and profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. So, you know, we, we went over the scripture when we first opened up with consideration of the whole. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Everything's, you know, because I, you know, I tell my son, I tell people that I care about, you know, it's all about doing what's best. I used to tell my son, it's not about what I like or you like, it's what's best. And now what's best? And we, make, we have to make choices in, in consideration of other things. So sometimes we're making moves and we're just thinking about what we like in the moment, what we want to do in the moment. And then later on, we have these, these things that we say creeped up on us. They were there the whole time, you know, you know, but you made the decision but you didn't consider the whole. You just considered what you either you wanted to do, what you liked to do, what you were enticed or pressured to do. But how does that line up? You had a family member made a decision recently. It was pressure. They, they did something out of pressure. Well, uh, how can I say this? Forget the pressure. I was trying to figure a, a, a way of saying it. It wouldn't sound uh, even anywhere close to a curse word. But forget the pressure. That's probably close too, ain't it? <laughs> but forget the pressure. How does that line up with the whole? Uh, I spent, spent some time talking to James and, uh, about some different things. And so, you know, it, it bring, 
he, he was bringing up multi-level marketing. And so how, you know, there's always this, uh, what do you call it? Rah-rah meetings? He says, you got the rah-rah meetings, so the rah-rah meetings has you excited, and then you make a decision, but did you consider the whole? You just consider in that moment, so you, you kind of go with the flow. It's called, it's called suggestibility. They, they suggest it to you, contagion gets you to go with the flow. And then submergences, they pretty much take over your finances. Um, but in, in not all cases, but in a lot of cases. And so uh, Kalina was mentioning something she read. We was talking about being filled with the Spirit this morning in the uh, discipleship training class. And she was saying she had read something about Satan and how John 10.10 10 says he's a thief. Right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But she said he's almost like, well, you know, a pickpocket. So the thing about a pickpocket is... Um, like, I'm about to tell you stuff, and you're going to like, how you know all this? But, but pickpocket is, you know, they'll bump you here. You'll feel the bump, but you can't feel them lifting your wallet, right? So they, 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 they create something for you to focus on while they're doing something else. So it's, it's a diversion. You know, in the movie Catch Me If You Can, it was like he had them looking at what was beautiful while he was hustling. And this is what happens in our life when we consider the whole, and Kalina was talking about when she got out of the message of being filled with the Spirit. She said, when we had the Holy Spirit, we could discern what's being offered to us for pleasure is not best for the whole when being considered with other things. So you can't just run past all the other things because this is what I want to do. This is what I like to do. This is, what I, this is what's going to make me look good. You have to, it has to be considered with other things. Now, why don't we consider the other things? Right? Why are we turning a blind eye to the other things? Now, how many of us have turned a blind eye to the other things before? All right. So... Some of y'all didn't put your hands up. So that means you make all your decisions and you see the whole picture all the time and you make decisions with consideration of the whole picture. So how did you get played then? I only did that because it's cool, you didn't put your hand up, but what was wrong with putting your hand up? Did it hurt? Like you, you, you was you lifting like I was last night? Was your arms are sore? You know you've made decisions and you didn't consider the whole thing. We do that because when we're young, we know in part, right? And then things, you know, you remember the relationship? You didn't consider the whole thing. You remember that? I was going to remind some people. You remember that? You remember the investment, the money? You remember that? Do we need to keep going? <laughs> right? We just didn't consider the other things. We turned a blind eye. Um, and so... We're going to spend some time talking about that because we need to stop turning a blind eye. We need to start to embrace the reality of some things, okay? Now, it's going to be a little difficult sometimes because sometimes, you know, uh, you ever watch the movie and the tense part coming and you go like this, you know, because you really don't want to see what's going to happen? Or, or, or I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's taking too long. You know, they, I'm like, I'm fast forwarding. Like, come on, man. Like, Get to whatever's going to happen. If you're going to get knocked upside the head, let it happen. So, I, you know, I'm fast. So, sometimes I have to check myself because I keep, that's not patient. Let it go through. But they, right? And so, but sometimes we turn a blind eye because we don't know what's going to happen or we go like this, you know, uh, we don't, 
understand what's going to happen. There's something in us that does that. And the interesting thing is sometimes we turn a blind eye to people that need help. You know, we're, 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 we're a men and women of God. We accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We claim Christianity. Now, we talked about this this morning. Some of us should do it like we do our culture. We, some of us claim what? We're not American. Some of us claim what? See, see, I said to see, it was easy. I, I pulled them right up in it. African-American. Some of us that claim African-American has never been an African in our life, right? But that's cool. You just want to like, I'm not just American, I'm African-American. So why don't we do that with Christianity? Because basically what we're saying is, in our culture, this is what we do. I know they do this in America, but, you know, my roots is Africa. This is what we do too, right? So why don't we do that with Christianity? Instead of saying I'm a Christian, why don't we say, oh, no, 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 I'm not just a Christian. I'm a worldly Christian. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, because if, you, if you're, if, if we went through this in discipleship personality. If you're open to, okay, if you're close to God, open to the world, you're a natural person. Right? If you open up to God, but you're still open to the world, you're a worldly Christian. You're a spiritual Christian if you open to God and, you're, and you've crucified the flesh, right? So why don't, since we, we dipping and dabbing, I didn't say no names. Did I say any names? But we know people that dip and dab, <laughs> right? Why don't we say, no, 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 hey, hey, hey. You know, I'm a Christian because people, I'm a Christian too. Don't say that. Say, I, I'm, a, I'm a worldly Christian, just like an African-American. Y'all, y'all taking that personal? Anybody taking that personal? Do you know what I mean when I say worldly Christian? I'm doing, I'm carnal. I'm doing worldly stuff that I think is okay, but I'm claiming Christianity too. <laughs> this is not the sermon. I was just throwing that in because we talked about it this morning. This ain't really the, 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 what we're talking about. I just slipped that in there. All right, so... So I said that because if, let's say I'm around a worldly Christian, right? Will I, and, and th- they might not be considering the whole picture. Am I going to share with them the truth? Or will I turn a blind eye? Okay, what I mean by turn a blind eye, oh, that's their business. How many people do we have in our life with their own business? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about as it relates to either we're going to live like a Christian or not. So are we talking to the family member? I'm not saying, you're going to hell. I'm not telling you, to please don't do that, you know. But I'm saying, how did you get Christ? Somebody had to share something. So when they shared it with you, did you take it like they was judging you or offering you information that maybe you didn't know? So what's wrong with offering? They have to make the choice. Are we doing that or are we turning the blind eye? Are we running from somebody that we may have to tell the truth to? <laughs> okay, all right. I see. I, I just want to listen, just read the atmosphere here. So Proverbs 28, 27, this is the uh, CB version. I forgot what that was. Christian... 
something Bible. <laughs> All right, CB verse. It says, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who turn a blind eye will be greatly cursed. Now, an interesting thing, that word poor means them that are without. So if you have the riches of Christ, the, the, the freedom of Christ, the liberty of Christ, the peace of Christ, the prosperity of Christ, right, and somebody doesn't, aren't they without? Aren't they poor? You playing around with the scripture. Because the Bible says, them that are poor, them that are without, meaning that they're missing pieces of the whole, right? Freely it was given to us, so why do we forget about others that are without the whole, without God's will, without access to the kingdom, without access to God's word uh, and his people? Now, he's playing with the words. He said poor. But Jesus said, I came to give the good news to the poor. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He didn't say, he ain't say nothing about money. Stuff. He had a lit. Okay, let's go. Luke 4. Luke 4. I just want to make, let's you know, I'm not playing with scripture, right? We're just trying to consider the whole. and We're trying to be considerate of the people around us, right? We're trying to care, right? The Bible says there's, there's, the harvest is plenteous, right? But the laborers are few. Uh, so not, not too many people are offering the pieces other people are missing. It's like God bless a child got his own. I got mine, get yours. That's not the way it's supposed to go, right? So now Jesus, this is Jesus breaking out. Now this is before he's doing anything. Now, he's in the church, and he's about to cross over from just walking around fixing porches and building tables as a carpenter to it's time for me to shift into my calling and purpose. So he goes into the, to the temple, uh, the synagogue, as the Bible says, as it was his custom. So he consistently did this. He goes in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and he opens up the, the, the Bible because he, he's reading the Scripture. He says, you know, and then he, he basically, um, uh, I'll just start at verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and stood up for, for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Uh, this is Isaiah uh, 60, 60 uh, I believe 61. It says, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The good news, right? What we got, what set us free, right? Then he went on to say, uh, look, uh, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So the brokenhearted need healing, right? To preach deliverance to the captives. The captives need deliverance, right? Right? The recovering of sight to the blind. The blind need sight, right? The set at liberty, them that are bruised. Those that are bruised need liberty. So that means those that are poor need the good news. If you, if you follow the pattern, right? Those that are without need the good news. So, so, the, so it, they need to be offered the considerations that they're not considering. Does that make sense? See, the Lord told me to ask this question. Are we fulfilled when others are fulfilled? Are we fulfilled only when we get what we want? Is there something in us that are, 
are fulfilled when others are fulfilled? Do we spend our whole life either with what's happening for us or not happening for us? Or do we spend our life spending time worrying about what's happening and not happening in others' lives? Is our depression because we haven't had enough opportunity to bring other people in the kingdom? Or is our depression is because we're not getting what we want? Right? The consideration of the whole. Because sometimes we're, I don't know why this is not happening, but, but the scripture says you reap what you sow. What happens for you is what you make happen for others. You're free from the weights when you free others from their weight. You may not have what you need, but you have something other people need. And if you give what you have to benefit them, what you need will be given from someone else, right? Consideration of the whole, right? Uh, uh, John 9, uh, 39 through 41. I'm going to read this out of the message. John 9, 39 through 41. Jesus, and uh, since I'm reading out of the message, I'm just going to go ahead and read it, okay? But please write it down and break it down for yourself when you have time. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day. Just clear some things up because, you know, so people can see the whole, basically. He says, making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see. Those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Right? It says, some Pharisees overheard him and said, does that mean you're calling us blind? Jesus said, if you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything, the whole picture, so well, you're accountable for every fault and failure. Since you're not really honest about what you don't know. So he says, I came to bring things to clarity. There are people that can't see the whole picture that's claiming that they do and leading others. Blind leading the blind. There's people that have not been able to sing yet, but with good hearts are, are doing the best they can. I'm going to help them to see the whole picture. They'll be, they'll be able to see the whole. Now they'll start picking up momentum because they won't be as clouded, right? And so, so the Pharisees is like, well, hold on a second. You're talking to us. We're here. We're teaching people. Uh, what you trying to say? We blind? He says, well, if you really was, you wouldn't be liable. But since you're claiming that you're not, you are liable, right? Yeah, John Maxwell said, if you don't know what you don't know, you don't grow, right? Right, if you don't find out what you can't see. Now, this is interesting. So you have Pharisee operating type folk who think they know everything, but then you have people that may not pump themselves up like a Pharisee, like, I know everything, but they still operate like they know everything. And you know how you know they operate that way? You can't tell them nothing. So, so, so they're not walking around leading nobody. They're just walking around making sure nobody leads them. But if nobody can tell you anything, what are you saying? I have everything already. Right? Now, this is a reality. All of us are in the positions we are based on what we know. Right? There's a few people say right. You're in a position based on what you know. 
a lot of us don't want us to be in a position. Not, it might not be terrible, but you, you know there's more. Or in some cases, it's crazy. In some cases, it's like, why can't I get out of this? Well, you're not going to get out of it based on what you know. That's what got you in it. The only way you're going to get out is find out what you don't know. You need some more information to get out of it because the information you have, I, you can twist it, flip it. You, hey, you can saute it. Hey, you can have it sunny side up. You can have it over well, half well, any way you want. It's the same information. So if you want to do something different, you got to get new information. You got to find out what you don't know, right? Now, the interesting thing is, as a person that's trying to find out what I don't know and try to offer to people, because I, like, I'm not going by myself for nothing I do. If I, if I find something out, I'm sharing it. Like, I don't need no platform. I, I sit at the barber. I'm sharing whatever God told me. Like, I don't really need, I can be, at a, I should tell you, amusement park, anything. Yeah, you know what I'm learning? <laughs> like, I don't really care. A person can take that, create a book, make millions of dollars. What do I care? If I, if I know it, you going to know it too. It ain't about me, right? And, but, but I noticed something. You could really care about people, but they fight you and embrace foolishness. It's an amazing thing. People have been playing them for years, and they give them an audience. You are caring about them, and they, there's one thing to run from me, but there's another thing to attack me. But I'm caring for you. Like, like okay, you stuck in the quicksand. I'll come to help you. you man, don't, don't touch me, man. Don't touch me. I might drown. No, you are drowning. Right. Are you kidding me? You fight me, and the more you fight, you're sinking faster. You know, a quicksand, you can't be like, ah, ah, you're going to go down. The movement drops you more. Right? You got me so far? Are we, are we, are we, are we together? The Bible says this in 2 Timothy 2. It says, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Like, like, do you know there's people that really want to know? Jeanette, they're really asking because, hey, so, so how do you do that? You know, they, you know I, I, I'll be listening over here in your conversation. So where do you get your hair done? That person really wants to know where you get your hair done. Now, that's a different question from why do you get your hair done there? Because I want to. Get out of my face. But I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying? But that's two different questions, right? Like, there are people that are asking questions because they're hating on your hair. I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I hopefully nobody hating on your hair, but <laughs> then they're going to be offended, right? You know, but then there are people that really genuinely want to know, hey, your hair is, I like the way you did your hair. Where'd you get your hair done? I, I listen to y'all in the back hallway. You know, just, I figured I was going, y'all going to talk about the revelation y'all just got. And you're like, so where are you getting your hair done? Let me test that. All right, so anyway, right? So, so, but, but there are people that ask foolish, un unlearned questions. You ever sit and talk to somebody for hours? They're just asking questions to justify the position that they want to get out of. That's foolish, and that's unlearned questioning. So, you know, there are questions from people that are, like, you can be smart and ask questions. You know that, right? Those are not unlearned questions. Those, are, you know, people get paid to ask questions, right? Some of these people that are 
journalists, they're getting paid tens of millions of dollars. You know why? Because they're great at asking questions. Those are called learn questions, right? The sportscasters, $10 million a year to do what? Ask questions. Barbara Waters, ask questions. Oprah's getting paid to ask questions, right? So if you know how to ask questions, you can get paid. Foolish and unlearned questions? You ain't get no job. They firing you. Why'd you ask them that? Where are, there's millions of people watching. What were you think? This is what the boss is saying when you ask the dumb question. Why, why? Who would ask somebody that? We want the person to come back. Man, get out of here, man. You fired. Some of us would never get a job because we ask foolish, unlearned questions. Stay with me. Now, when you ask these foolish and unlearned questions and you're around somebody that's considering a whole, you know what you're going to get? Anybody know what you're going to get? Yeah, you can say it. Yeah, you can say it. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to repeat. With I'm going to repeat it. Terrence said foolish. <laughs> so I heard somebody say the truth, though, right? So, Terrence, I love you, but that's really not... <laughs> It's probably true. You give, ask a foolish question, you get a foolish answer. Let's go to uh, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Because in our culture now, in our culture now, uh, we, 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 it's so accommodating. Church, job, everything's political. You know, everything is like you say, uh, that was an ugly statement you made. Oh, I'm suing you. You used the word ugly. I'm offended because when I was growing up, people called me ugly. And there's a trauma I was going through. And every time I hear the word ugly, it takes me back to what I went through when I was in high school. And so I'm suing you for defamation of character. I think I'm playing. But that's, that's the culture we live in. Right? Um, so... <laughs> People that don't want to grow up love the culture. You know why? Because they can always find an excuse not to grow. See, uh, uh, Dave, Dave, come here. So, so I'm going to use Tiana just because just always. No, you stay right there. You stay right there because that's what, that's, for this character, that's what you need to do. So we're trying to talk to Tiana. No, no, Tiana, you, you're the therapist. Interesting. So, so, so you've been trying to talk to me, but I'm not trying to hear you. So what I do is I grab David and go, David, how's she coming at me? You know how, see, she needs to be more sensitive to what I'm going through, man. Right. You know, why is she going to hit me like that? Like she didn't have to tell me the truth, 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 truth. She could have kind of watered it down, came from an angle. She don't understand what I've been through, David. You know, I, mean, I grew up in North, I was without parents and she's she going to bring up my parents. You know, that's not sensitive to be bringing up my parents at this time just because I smacked my kid upside the head. You know, he, she don't know the situation. Right, Dave? Right? 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 right. See, that's, that's what we do now, right? We just, we, we need a, I was going to say we need a David. But we need someone to co-sign co even though she's trying to help me. Right. Not smack my kid upside the head no more, Right? Hopefully, <laughs> right? right? You know, hopefully you're in there and go, yeah, they needed it. But, but, but you understand what I'm saying? This is what the culture is. So, so, but this is not Bible culture. Let's just look at Titus 2. 
we're going to end up at verse 8. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's start at verse 1. We'll end up at verse 8. It says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, clear doctrine, the whole picture, right? It says, the aged men be sober. Those that are older be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, solid in faith, not wavering, in charity and love and patience. The aged women, the women that are older, it says, likewise, that they, they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, jumping to conclusions, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, right? As if, uh, verse 4, it says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Why do you keep talking about sober-minded? You can... You, you can't consider the whole if your mind ain't clear. Now, you may feel good, but you can't see. Right? I know you don't like that, but that's cool. Uh, it's probably one person that that was uncomfortable for, okay? Most of y'all, y'all fine. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. You know, sincerity is displaying the cracks, not hiding them. Right? Now, look at, look at eight. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. So, it's saying when people are of having, talking crazy, we're supposed to be so solid in, in what we know, we're responding back. Even though you don't respond back in a culture, so they have not, basically, you know, when we, we respond back, is drop the mic. See, because the clouded person should never overwhelm the clear person. The clouded person can over, only overwhelm the person that's clouded. But if you clear, you let them finish. And then you drop the mic. Now, but see, somebody watching you drop the mic and be like, oh, why are you going to put them through like that? No, they did themselves like that. They started asking foolish and unlearned questions. And, and according to the Bible, those things are against God. They're not, they don't know they're against God because they're unlearned. So my job is to make them aware that they're against God. Shut down that noise. Those that are contrary might have nothing to say. Now, some of the other versions of message and stuff like that says it a little more direct. This is nice version. I gave you the King James nice version. We don't even do that. We don't, we, no, I don't want them offended. They're offending God. Goliath started, David went to fight Goliath because he was talking trash against God. He just, he just stopped by bringing some vittles. What? Then he's perplexed. There's an army out there that no one recruited me for. And there's a guy out there talking against God. They got all this armor and all these weapons and ain't nobody budging. Y'all just going to let him talk about our God like that? Y'all just going to let him talk about our God like that? Y'all just going to let them talk about our God like that? That's what, you, that's what we're doing now? I ain't, my, I ain't none of my business. Yes, it is your business. They talking about your God. 
David's like, oh, no, 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 we won't be having that. No, 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 I got him. Hey, take this armor. No, no, I don't need your armor. I can't fight with your armor anyway. I, no, no, God got me. Because God ain't having that. That's how we have to roll. Okay, all right. Getting all hyped. Relax, brother. All right. So it says, those that are contrary. Why? Somebody's fighting against God's whole picture to compromise that picture to get us to live in a compromised life. No, 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 no. See, that person is fighting for the peace that they're willing to accept as the whole picture. Our job is to give them the whole picture in the midst of them. No, 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 that's not important. It don't take all that. That's not necessary. Yes, it does. We've been talking about this even, even going through this. We talked about that whole list in 2 Peter. It says, these that don't practice in these things can't see afar off. So all these things, like, it's amazing we, we fight. And I, I said this in a conversation with my grandson, you know, because I could tell on the inside he was getting a little edgy uh, about the conversation. And, and I was like, I said, listen, it's amazing how young people get edgy to defend the compromise. I get tough with the devil and all the people press, uh, 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 pr- uh, pushing you into doing craziness. Like, stick up for that. Because half the time, young people are doing stuff they don't want to do. They, they, they're afraid of the young people. They, they'll snap on their parents. Makes absolutely no sense. Right? It's just, so, so, why is this happening? People sometimes are trying to fight for, I, I don't, if I don't see the old, whole picture, I'm not responsible for it. You're going to deal with the consequences of what you just ignored. What, what we're dealing with now, a lot of us, is the consequences of what we ignored. Because we try to justify our position. All right. All right. So, so all right. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So, so, this is what happens. Even as we grow as, or part of teams, you know, you play for teams, I play for teams. You ever had a person on the team that's just dividing the team? Because... But they're not getting their position. Like we talked about Cora, uh, we was going through Bible study fellowship. They wanted to be top priests too. So what they did was found other people that was kind of afraid that they were still out in the wilderness, got them all stirred up. Oh, you got us out here in the wilderness, we could go back. But those people would have been fine if Cora and them who really wanted to be top priests was, you ain't the only one to hear from God, Moses, Right? Just constantly sowing discord. God don't like that. Even in church, why are we making that decision? Sit down and ask a learned question and you'll find out why. But if you come in questioning stuff, you're saying you spent time to find out what the vision that God has. And that's not in line with what God said he wants for the church. No, you're reacting to something that may seem foolish to you. Understandable. But since you... When we came out here, I, I talked to an athlete friend of mine, and I said, yeah, we're moving to Charlotte. He said, oh, 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 man, you guys got a building out there? I said, nope. He said, you got people out there? I said, nope. He said, you got, uh, you got money? I said, nope. He said, he said, Keith, 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 come on, man. I, but he was really trying to help, right? But, it, but when I said it to him, what happened? He reacted to what I said in the moment that he heard it, which is all of 16 minutes. 
something that, that we've been setting ourselves apart for praying about for 16 years. So he wasn't against me. It just seemed foolish, understandable. Nobody's chipping if they see something that's foolish. Where the chip comes is when they jump to a conclusion and establish their righteousness based on what's foolish. Because you see something that's foolish, ask a question, a learned question. This seems foolish to me. Obviously, you prayed about this. Walk me through how you got here. Uh, we talked to a couple the other week, and uh, the, uh, the, uh, I was ministering out of town, so, so the, the pastor and his wife, they asked us, uh, do you guys charge, because we was doing a wedding in the same town. Said, so, do you guys charge for the counseling in the wedding? Some stuff they already knew. And we was like, no. And they was like, what? They was like, like no, no you, no, you got, I stopped them for a second, I said, Go ahead and share. My wife was there. Share what you want to share. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, I'm open. So they said, you guys could supplement your income. We know you don't make no, that much money, but, you know, it could be a blessing. The time that you guys spend with people, do you know how much that could supplement your income? You guys give so much of your time. So I let them finish. I said, everything you're saying is correct, but that's not what God told us to do. I said, we give everything away. I said, you're going to be mad at this too. So I went over a whole other list of stuff we just giving stuff away. I said, but, but look, look, they asked a question because it seemed foolish. They asked a learned question. They wasn't offended or nothing. I received it. Then I gave them the wisdom that God gave us. And then I gave them the tangible manifestations of things happening. So, so how God has done some supernatural things. And then they were, so when the conversation's over, they said, like, okay, I see, I see. I said, and then I told them, if we ever get to the point where it seemed like we, we going too far, like we going under, you know, like when the, the boat came, the helicopter came and stuff like that, and the person drowned. I said, please let us know, hey, man, you about to drown. It's okay. So, so they still have permission to, they, they're older, check or correct us, but, there was wisdom for what we were doing. So there was another pieces of the picture they couldn't possibly have because they hadn't sat with God on that. Does that make sense? It's the same thing as we're leading the church. I'm on my face every day because you don't know what people need. I don't know what you need today. God does, right? So it may come across foolish Ask the question, but don't come with foolish and unlearned questions because you might get a mic check. Yeah, I didn't get that one, right? You get the mic check, right? But not, 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 I'm not going to be mad. Now you got to get truth. And the more you dig deep into the foolishness, the more truth you're going to get. The conversation can be, some of these conversations can be over in two minutes. We, you, when we accept, you know what? I didn't look at it that way. Conversation's done, but we keep, justifying the foolishness. So people got to keep what? Giving you more truth, right? Yeah, do y'all understand? This is the whole picture that sometimes people don't consider, right? Because God doesn't like discord. We talked about this morning, the whole, if we give our lives to the Holy Spirit, we'll stay in harmony with God's will. When we are not giving ourselves wholly over to him because we're not totally colonized into the country of the kingdom of God, we're worldly Christians, 
So we're in the world too. I'm not talking about born in the world. I'm talking about we fellowship as much with the world as we do with the kingdom. So we're not all in. So we're not being led by the Spirit. So we're not going to be in harmony with God's will. So it's going to be chaos in our life. Because these, these, these roadblocks are to redirect us back on the narrow way. Does that make, that's the whole picture. It's not a punishment. It's, it's, it's correction to get us back on the right path, right? But, you know, we can be stubborn, right? So you got a lot of amens on that one, right? And so, because God doesn't like discord. It's, it talks about, what, six things, Lord, hate, or seven? But the, no, one of the, the number one is sowing discord among the brethren, causing disharmony. So you don't, you're not going to have the courage to ask the question to get an understanding. You're going to see something or hear something, not deal with the source, go to somebody else and build your, compound your questioning. That's so in discord. They might have been fine till you are. We had a situation one time with a person, are you like that? The person was fine. What do you think about that? Man, I don't think that. So now you're trying to build discord. There's no benefit in that. You're going to sow, you're going you're gonna to reap that if you sow that, right? And when all you can do is ask a question, right? See, sowing discord pulls, pulls one from harmony with the whole. And people do that because they don't want to reach for the strength of unity. So I'll tear down its authority. I'll fight against the whole. So now I don't have to be accountable to it. I need other people to fight against it too so I can get around growing up. Right? I didn't say no names, but this is what we go through. Right? The scripture tells us this. Now, now Kalina brought up the thief earlier. Uh, she didn't know I was going to teach this. Uh, but Proverbs 29, 24. Proverbs 29, 24. It says, whosoever, part, whosoever partner with a thief hates his own life. He'll fall under a curse. Pronounced upon him who knows who the thief is, but discloses nothing. Now, thieves steal stuff. They steal harmony. They steal agreement. Right? They steal the truth. When we are partnering with, you see the sit, you know the person's a thief. That ain't none of my business. You, you're an accomplice. It says that person gets a curse. You can at least redirect. What's wrong with that? Now, you know, even if you don't know, redirect them to the person that they're talking about. What's wrong with that? Hey, ho, oh, oh, oh. Did you talk to Pastor Melanie? <laughs> Pastor Melanie said, "Why well, I got to be me. Because I didn't want to use no other names because people probably think, you know, it's, it's an actual situation. <laughs> so I forgot to use you. People talk about us all the time. So people know that people should be used to it. I mean, it's true. It's just, I mean, if you're up front, people are going to talk about you. It just, just goes with territory. Just get over it. Uh, I, me, we got to get over it. Not y'all, y'all. <laughs> Us. <laughs> it's 
talking about us, me and Pastor Mel, right? Okay? All right, people? Right? But if you recognize that, don't, it, don't aid and abet the thief. Right? That person needs the truth. That's considering the whole. See, I can't let, allow that because I'm thinking about the whole. How that's going to affect the whole. So, so it's not about what I like. I'm always thinking about the whole. Do you know certain things people want to do here, we something they can't do at this time? You know why? Ask the leaders because we're considering the whole. How does this play out with the whole? If we, if we, if we say this is okay, can we say it's okay in every situation? If we are not going to be able to say it's okay in every situation, we can't say it's in this one. This might not be somewhat innocent, but somebody else is going to take that as a precedent and they're going to do something compromising and go, well, hold on a second. You just told Terrence he could do this, right? So I use Terrence because that's not an actual situation. So, all right, stay with us here. Stay focused, y'all. Stay focused. (laughs) All right, right. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to consider the whole. Yes, we're somewhat patient. Some people say too patient, but it ain't, it ain't always that. When you start to do stuff, you have to have p- consistent people available to do it. So we have to consider the whole. We may like to do it, but if we don't have consistent people that's bought in, we can't do it. So guess what? We just have to wait. There's things that we want done and we want this gifted person to do, but we have to wait till they're bought in and they, not bought in, but they, they have a full understanding of what God's doing in the kingdom. That's it. It, it ain't even about, we want the person. Most churches just take the talent. But at the expense of the person's life? No, no, we'll, 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 we'll rather the person get what they need for their life. Now they'll pour their talent into the kingdom. Does that make sense? All right, so, so just stay with me here. So the scripture says, be not ignorant what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, 17. Let's not be ignorant what the will of the Lord is. Right, now, this is a scripture that we use a lot in, um, in um, Bible study fellowship. 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16. Right, Karen? Right? 2 Timothy 3, 16. Anybody know it? Because y'all, we, we should know it by heart now, right? You don't know the scripture? No, I'm not starting it off. Second Timothy three sixteen. All scriptures. Nobody started me off. No, you've been doing this for years, so you, I'm, not, I'm not working with you. You should you should be able to start yourself off. So, I'm serious. I'm saying that to everybody. I'm saying that the people that's going over the scripture every day. You, at a certain point, you should start yourself off. As soon as you hear 2 Timothy 3, 6, why are you so insensitive? I'm not, I'm not insensitive. I'm helping people. You can't have a handicap forever. Then you get used to the handicap. They told me that lifting. I told a guy, I was, I was using knee braces. I said, well, you know, I have knee surgery. told me to use the knee braces, you know, just for support. He said, man, baby it, you weaken it. I don't use knee braces no more. I ain't used knee, knee braces about two, three years. And I lift more weight. My legs are stronger. The fitness people over there is going, mm-mm, I could have told you that, brother. <laughs> right? What? I got used to the handicap. So now I'm not using all of my muscle. 
because I got support. Right? So that's why I said that. See, y'all made me go there because y'all was like, why are you, why are you coming out? Help the sister out. All scripture. Was that hard? I was helping the sister out. I guarantee you, by the time we bring that up the next time, she's going to know what the scripture is. See? There you go. 2 Corinthians 3.16. Let's read it. <laughs> so she started to quote it. You know the scripture? Go ahead, say it. Say it, sister. <laughs> so all scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. In spirit. All scripture is given by inspiration. In spirit of God. And it's profitable. This scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable, right? It's a benefit to us. Profitable for what? Doctrine, right? Reproof. Correction. Instruct, not just instruction. Instruction in righteousness. Terrence over there, like, he said, I got this one. <laughs> instruction in righteousness, right? So, so look at this. So, so, so this is the will of God. And we get the will of God through the word and, the word, and how we get it is all through all scripture. And it's, it's given by inspiration of God. So he's, he's in spirit imparting his will. So this will is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All right, so for the sake of uh, the Bible study fellowship in the morning, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, right? So we read that. Now, the interesting thing, doctrine, when it says profitable doctrine, that's guidelines, visible boundaries. So now I'm looking at the whole picture. I know what the boundaries are, right? Right? It's, a, it's an established understanding of God's order, his whole how he does things, right? Reproof. Now, reproof is a reprimand word. Scripture is profitable for reproof. It's, it's reprimand. You know what that is? Reproof dismantles erroneous thinking, wrong thinking. The purpose of this word is to dismantle wrong thinking. That's, that's not punishing nobody. Who wants to think wrong? But we take correction as a bad thing. I'm older, but we had the, uh, on the typewriter, you had the, the corrected key or whatever, like you hit correct. And so with a with typewriter, you, it was ink, and it was almost like printing press. It was like, uh, uh, like a, a steel or metal piece of uh, letter with ink on it, and it would slam on the paper, and it would engrave the, whatever the letter was, right? If you hit the wrong letter, you could hit a key. It would go back, snatch that, that ink off of the paper, and, and, and correct it. All right, or now, you know, you have, uh, over the years, you've had spell check. You type in something, you get the, which, which, uh, you get the squiggly, squiggly lines are a little red, and you know, I wrote that wrong. Do you break your tablet or your phone? Because the red, are you going to just gonna flash a red in my face? Can't you see me writing something? What you trying to say? I don't know. I'm stupid. We don't do that. What do you do? You correct the word. Correction is a good thing. We should live in a life of correction. But we run from it. Why? Don't you want to know the whole picture? What'd you say? You said most of the time, most of the time you want to know the whole picture or you don't? Oh, she said correction is hard. Yeah, why should you say around my God child? 
<laughs> but 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 you understand what I'm saying? Like like it's correction is a good thing. It really is. You know, but you ever find yourself defensive when somebody does any level of correction? Let's get the hands up. Let me see your hands. Let me just see. See how many people are honest up in here. All right, just check it. All right. Now, some of y'all didn't have your hands up because maybe you was focusing on the scripture and stuff like that. Some of y'all didn't have your hands up, but if I was around the people that's around you most, they will put their hands up for you. You ever see like, uh, how, you know how, you know, you know how like somebody's talking, they say, put your hands up, but you don't put your hand up. And normally the parents be doing that, right? They be like, and then they grab both hands, right? Because we struggle with correction, right? But if you're struggling with correction, you're basically saying, I know everything. I don't need to be corrected. And if I don't know everything, when I do stuff, I'm always right. So why are, you, why are you correcting me? How dare you open your mouth to even think to correct me? Do you know who I am? Now, now, some of us have never said those words. But I can guarantee you, interview people close to you later today, they'll tell you that's how you operate. Right? Very hard to receive, but... But you don't understand, you'll never get the whole picture. <laughs> Y'all need to stop. All right? All right, so we got dismantle erroneous thinking or teaching, right? Um, uh, that's reproof. Correction, which we just finished talking about, that's an amendment. It's, an, it's to assimilate the thoughts and the truth the right way. It's not even a punishment. Reproof is not a punishment. If it's wrong thinking, don't you want the right thinking? Right? So, so, and then, of course, instruction, training in righteousness. And this is so, what's so amazing. God normally facilitates these reproofs and corrections, this doctrine and this instruction through fellowship. Right? We avoid growing in fellowship because we'll judge the measures of correction, reproof, instruction, and righteousness as too harsh or embarrassing. Now, a dead man don't have no feelings. So if we presented ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto Christ. If our life is not our own, we've been bought. Bought. Listen, we've been bought with a price. Yeah, I just make sure I get the scripture right. Right. We we've buried ourselves in Christ. We're Christians, right? Or are we worldly Christians? Are we fleshly Christians? Or are we carnal Christians? Are we Christians? We live in Christ. If I live in Christ, I'm buried in Christ, a dead man has no feelings. How am I embarrassed? That's an opportunity for humility. The Bible says be clothed with humility. Right? Worst case scenario, something I just don't know. Never knew that before. I was, uh, James was talking to me the other day. I, I, I don't even know. L-U-L, L-L, whatever it was. It was some type of insurance. So he said it twice. Are you up? Always somebody in the class, right? Did you raise your hand? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> right. So IUL? IUL. And that's, what's IUL? See, did you shouldn't have, see? Your wife spoke up. What's IUL? Index Universal Life. So he said it twice. So, so he was talking. Then I asked you, I said, could we go back to something? I said, what is IUL? Because I didn't know what it was. Not I'm going to finish the conversation. He keep bringing up IUL. I don't know what he's talking about. Keeping it real, the other day, he kept saying MLM. I'm like, what's MLM? All right, so, so you laughed, which is not right. 
That's why people don't like getting corrected because people are like, you're going to laugh at me. You're embarrassing me. No, I just, <laughs> see, that's why. That's why I can't receive because people like you are going to make me feel bad. Well, anyway, because that laugh was probably like, you don't know what MLM is? Some other people got the same questions. Well, I ask them. Multi-level marketing. I just, 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 we didn't know. But I didn't know. But, but, but they kept saying MLM, MLM. I'm like, what is MLM? I don't live in y'all. I don't live in that world. You know what I'm saying? So ask the question. It's okay. Right? They ask the question. And somebody said, remember when Peter, Peter who? Peter Brown? <laughs> Which, what, Peter, you talking about Peter from down the street? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what, what Peter are you talking about? Everybody don't read the Bible? They don't know you're talking about Peter in the Bible. Peter the disciple. But guess what? If you don't know, what's wrong with saying, hey, um, who's Peter? What's wrong with that? You don't know who Peter is? They're going to finish the story. <laughs> and you ain't going to have a clue because you don't know who Peter is. Like, why do I keep bringing up this dude, Peter? <laughs> you know, I don't know nobody named Peter. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I'm, t- I'm just trying to help. Consideration of the whole. That's what we're talking about here, right? All right. And so, so just don't tear down the help because it's, it's tough. If you get through that, you're going to be tough. You're going to have some character, right? And some people are saying, well, it's too much. It's taking too long. That's how deep you're embedded in it. Do, do you know there's people that's gone for surgery and they couldn't get everything out because some stuff was embedded? I had this, I don't know, it was a gristle? What was it in my arm? It was a lump. So they had to go in and, do, they had to go in and, 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 and clean it out. And the guy was like a matter of fact. He was like, oh, man, no problem. I'll just go in there and clean that out. Not, that's, not, that's no big deal. It's not, it's not cancerous, but, you know, you probably want to clean it out. Cool. It's as simple. We'll make a slice, go right in, clean it out, sew you back up. I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. And it was like, go in there, be there for 10, 15 minutes, and then go home. Yeah, I've been cut before. I've, I've, I've had stitches. They're going to numb it a little bit. Cool, no problem. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what took place. By the time he went in, he saw that it was embedded in my muscles. So what he said was he had to pull a muscle to the side, go in between, and get more stuff out. Now, you might think that that's something simple. These muscles aren't like like spaghetti. They've been uh, tightened and tightened, and, and then I lift weights. For years, I'm, at this time, I'm 50-something. I'm so 50 years of these muscles tightening up. And you're just going to go in and just, oh, let me get this over here. Yeah, while you're numb, you're good. And, and still, he didn't numb me that deep because he wasn't expecting to go that deep. Oh, y'all didn't get that, right? He didn't think, that he, had, he, didn't think he had to spend that much time. I was in there for over an hour. It's supposed to have been 15 minutes. Why that was it longer? Why did it hurt a little more with medication? Why was, why was I in pain for weeks after? Why from time to time, if I'm not really working out, I feel it right here. I got to get a massage gun and everything right here, ever since that surgery. So I still have to do maintenance for something I had surgery for like seven or eight years ago. 
because it'll tighten up. He stretched it. When you stretch muscles, they contract. He stretched it beyond it would ever be stretched with me working out. He just pulled the muscles apart. So it contracts on its own now and just tightens up and it causes pain. Y'all still think I'm talking about my muscle. That's why sometimes we go through, why, why so much? Why is it taking so long? Because it's deep. We've allowed it to be deep. We've allowed it to get more and more embedded in there. So it's going to take a lot more to get it out. Right? So we're not looking at the whole picture. We're just looking at what we're going through. We're not looking at, listen, you know, some of us, our stubbornness and our, 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 our fight, listen, you, you, you got to be a master and a lot of patience to deal, to deal with people like that. But we don't realize we've used all our, our intellect to create resistance. And it takes pain to break it. Do you see that? So that's all it is. It's not, it's not, it's not you know, the Bible talks about the reproof of light. Let's look here, look, look here Proverbs, Proverbs 15. We're about to get out of here. Sometimes we spend an extra 10 minutes because it's deeper. <laughs> it's embedded. Jamel, it's embedded deeper. <laughs> we got to cut a little deeper. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, what did I say? Proverbs 15, uh, 31. Look, it says, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. But he that refuses instruction despises his own soul. But he that hears reproof getteth understanding. So, so a lot of times we're despising our own clarity of mind. That scripture we read kept talking about sound mind, sound mind, sound mind. When we read through Titus 2, sound mind, sound, sound, sound. We're, when we reject instruction and wisdom, we don't have a sound mind. And you could tell that because we don't operate freely. We're bound, we like walking zombies. You think that's healthy? It's not. That's not me putting nobody down. That's saying there's stuff embedded that got to be dug out, right? And it takes the truth to do that. See, we're, see the reason why we fight against this stuff, because we're naive to God's customized care and his wisdom that takes place in brokenness. See, we're running from brokenness, but we don't know that's a part of God's customized care. That's, that's a part of God's wisdom. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Hebrews 5, 7. We're, we're underneath Jesus, so you, we got to go through stuff. See, most of us will only change or truly get it when the excuse of it's just your opinion is removed in an audience. See, a lot of times we think the wisdom we're getting or the correction, we've converted that in, oh, that's just your opinion. When that's removed and you can receive it, now you're going to start to change. Things are going to get broken out of you. You know, because some of us are tired. We're tired of being in the same cycle or going recycling. It's going to take some brokenness to get out of there. The Bible says, except the corner, we fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. That seed is broken to release what's in it. 
So, so the brokenness is not bad. It's going to break your will and release what's in your spirit, those treasures hidden in your earthen vessel. That's the whole picture. It's not somebody's punishing you, somebody else. It's our choices. It's our fears. It's our pride. We spend most of our life not try, trying not to be embarrassed. When embarrass, embarrassment or uh, I, taught, I referenced the teaching I did a while ago. We'll bring it back eventually. But humiliation's elevation. Do you know you're elevated through humility? We're avoiding humility. So we're avoiding elevation. You made that up. The Bible says humble yourself in the sight of God and he'll exalt you in due time. He didn't say in the sight of men because we confront in front of men and make them look like we humble. But humility in front of God is called brokenness. We, we try to get around. <laughs> you almost got me. You almost got me. Whoa, whoa, you almost got me. You almost got me again. You almost got me again. No, let it get you. Let it get you. It's okay. The more you break that flash, the more you release the spirit. Right? And you find yourself stop doing those running around in circles. You know, some of us over the years have run circles around our friends, our family, psychiatrists, psychologists. You know, some of us are masters at getting around brokenness. And for our whole life, I, I talked to somebody at the other church, and, and, and the person started looking at me like they saw a ghost. This is a young lady. She's probably like 21. She started working for the church. And she just looked at me, and I said, what's going on? She says, oh, my God. She says, this is the first time I've ever sat and, and really heard the truth. She says, I've been running circles around psychologists and psychiatrists for years. So I'm the person that's been in therapy, but therapy ain't really, they don't know this. Therapy ain't done nothing for me. I just do it just so they leave me alone. But I, I, I run circles around them. And some of us have been running circles around the very thing that God's getting to us for brokenness. How about this? How about the temper tantrums? Oh, stop, stop, stop. Before you go, listen. How about throwing a temper when you know you were wrong? I'm not going to ask you to raise hands on that one, you know, because there might be some arguments when you get out in the car. Right? How about, how, how about attacking when you're wrong? How about that one? But James actually put his hand <laughs> Right? How about that? Right? Like, think about, oh, ooh, ooh, I got this one. How about playing the victim when you're wrong? You ever seen people, they'll go to the hospital that day. You, you, you know, like when it's about to, everything's about to blow up, Terrence. Like it's really about to blow up. They, they've been running, 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 running. But they got you cornered, right? <laughs> like it's a corner. It's about to go down today. We having a family discussion. How about that particular day, you get so sick, you got to go to the hospital. And all the family that was about to get in you, they got to, because they got to come to the hospital and go, you okay? Because everybody's going to say, you, you, you just so insensitive. You see them laying in the hospital bed. Listen, we had somebody, it was about to go down. It was about to go down. Like, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. This person, because the, the, the person that was going off, we're dealing with that person like, yo, you know, why you keep tripping? Why you keep tripping? Then we kind of figured it out. There was, there, there was a hand in a person's back, a puppet, a puppeteer. 
and and the other person was creating drama. And we was like, oh man, this the whole time. But they were playing like off to the side, innocent. I don't know why they tripping like that. And they the one that started it, right? So this day we about to talk. Why? So 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 the the person I'm talking to the person on the phone. The other person in the background. When a, when I asked the person a couple of questions, so they had to indicate. Well, really, I wasn't really that upset. Such and such told me such and such. They were listening. And they was like, uh-oh, jigs up. <laughs> Why did they have a panic attack, fall out and faint? Ambulance came to the house. Yes. Yes. The pastors got to go to the hospital, right? Because we pastors, right? We don't go to the hospital, we insensitive, right? <laughs> We go to the hospital. We all in the hospital. You okay? This, that, and the other. Doctors come in. Not only they don't know what's wrong, there wasn't nothing wrong. It was a, a, a triggered panic attack to create a diversion because the truth was about to, get, about to go down. Truth was about to go down. Now, I'm, I know I'm going to mess some of y'all up because y'all been working this thing for a long, for a long time, right? But I'm not messing you up. All I did was delay the inevitable. And, and if you got to deal with it later, what you're going to deal with is going to be greater. So we got to nip the plan the victim, jump into conclusions. Oh, Lord, please. We don't want to get into the jump into conclusions. Right? Oh, 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 how about this one? Nobody loves me. That's it. Nobody loves. See, people don't, 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 don't care about me. Everybody, everybody trying to put me down. Stop. <laughs> That's not what's going on. So now we, you can't get the truth. Because it's our, anytime we tell you the truth, we're putting you down. So you're going to stay bound because the truth is what frees you. So what, I, what, what I'm saying is, we got, we, we, we. What, what, what we doing? Like, we singing in the rain. I'm singing in the rain. It's one of my favorite movies. Right, right. You, you, like, we, we, okay, it's messing up the whole because we all got to get the truth. We all got to be free. We all got to be in harmony to get God's will done. And we have to stop it. Stop arresting your wives with, see, you know, it's about us. It's, it's, it's our business, you know. Why are you, why are you trying to tell our business? No, nah, I'm kind of tired of like, you ain't listening to me. You manipulate me. I think I'd go somebody to give you the truth because we can't keep living like this. Stop that. That's games. Manipulation. I, now, I want to play in my own cave. And if we expose ourselves, they're going to stop me from playing. I want to play. I don't want responsibility. I don't want to talk about budgets. I don't want to talk about bills. I don't, I don't want to and I'm not going <laughs> to. That's what we're doing. Flip it. Stop playing the husbands. Stop. Just stop. 
You know, like just making up stuff. Why are we going through all that? Like the person, listen, we walk down the aisle, we love you. Let's just roll from here, okay? But we can't keep getting panicking, tripping, making up stuff because the truth is coming at you fast. Right? Look, let's, come on, come on. Can we all just get along? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I'm not, listen, I ain't putting nobody down because I know we all go, grow through it, but we got to grow through it. We stuck in it. And we keep finding something to say, well, the reason why I'm going through this is because of what happened, you know, Ever since that happened, start asking people questions. When did it happen? How long ago was it? You'll find it was like 25 years ago. And they, you're still carrying around. It, 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 look, look. Um, I called some, you know, when the movie, they said prophetic, no, uh, diplomatic immunity. When, it, when, uh, when uh, the guy was, uh, this was a lethal weapon. And they was going to arrest the guy. He said, uh, diplomatic immunity, meaning like, like, you can't arrest me, I'm a diplomat. Well, we do that, we go, abuse immunity. I've been through stuff. You can't give me the truth. You're going to mess with my sensitivities. So every time somebody hits you the truth, hop, 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 hop. abuse immunity. I don't have to grow up because I went through stuff. I don't, I, 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 you know, I don't get the truth. I got it honestly. Look at what I've been through. Nobody else goes through stuff. I went through stuff all by myself, and I have, I have the badge to prove it. I'm saying it funny, but it's true. Come on. All of us interview everybody in the room. Everybody's gone through something. Most of us have been played, abused, taken advantage of. I'm not belittling the impact. What I'm saying is regardless of the impact, we got to, we got, he said, deliver, deliverance to the captive. To set at liberty them that are bruised. So that's the goal. This is the will of God. The will of God is that we're free in harmony with his will. Not magnifying what was done to us, magnifying what he wants to do for us. Do, do you see what I'm saying? So now some of our conversations have to say, I'm just tripping. It got to shift now. You know, I'm just tripping. Actually, that was default. I'm still working on not creating arguments when there really wasn't one. My bad. My bad. That kind of hurt. That kind of felt uncomfortable that I made that mistake. And I thought that, that you would just totally disregard me. But I got to give you an opportunity to love me. So I'm going to embrace the mistakes. And trust that you'll love me from there. Instead of hiding the mistakes, thinking that you'll love me more when I don't accept the responsibility for the mistake. I'm going to change these things up. Being insecure on that one. A little insecurity on that one. Operating a little fear on that one. Oh, what did you say when you used to lie? Not to me, but you said when you tried to change lying. You, 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 you was like, hey, oh, excuse me. I just lied to you. <laughs> my, my bad. <laughs> Working on the lying thing. Just keeps coming out, you know. <laughs> she said, that's how she stopped lying. She said, she decided that when she lied, she would just tell her. I had to do it right away. Though. Yeah, hey, excuse me, excuse me. Turn back around. I just lied to you. <laughs> Why don't we do that? <laughs> uh, my bad. That was a reflex lie. 
you, what you saw that I did, I did. I reflex lie because if I own it, I'm thinking you're going to throw that back in my face because you've been telling me about this for a long time. And I've gave me a good case to make you think that I really wasn't doing it when I really was. So I thought if I kind of agreed with it, you was going to be, have some leverage on me, kind of. But really, I just lied. My bad. My bad. Get, say what you had to say. I'm just going to eat it. You know, I just trusted you love me from here. I've been, actually, I've been doing this for a while, too, to be honest with you. You know, I, I'm working on it, but hey. I mean, how about that? Give people a chance to love. How I had to start to grow in my relationship, I was like, well, you know, love is not just if this person likes me. I got to really trust my wife. So that means I got to I gotta be vulnerable, which is a bad word for guys. Well, this guy from Newark, New Jersey, like vulnerable. I got to look like the man. I'm the man up in this piece. What? I don't make no mistakes, girl. <laughs> she said, you lied. <laughs> but, but, but I changed up to displaying the cracks. Like, I just got to be vulnerable. When I'm hurting, I'm hurting. Like, she'll, I, she'll tell you, I'll be like, eh, that kind of hurt. But I'll, but I'll let her know. I said, I'm going to be fine. Well, I just want to let you know I hurt, which is tough because she don't like hurting me. So then she'll be like, no, the reason why, no, no, I'm, uh, no, I'm good. I just... Didn't want to store it. I wanted to let you know, ooh, that hurt. Yeah, that was humbling. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to get that out the way. Then we'll get into the conversation. Right? So, so can, we, can we try? This is considering a whole. So some things are stopping us from moving the way we want to because we're carrying these things. Right? And remember the purpose of the wilderness what? is to remove stuff so it doesn't, you don't carry that file into the promised land. So we're stuck in this holding pattern because we're trying to carry this old life of compromise into a covenant world of promise. And God ain't having it. Everybody in your life may have went for that, but God ain't going for that. But he's not putting you down. He's saying, hey, you want the promised land? It's only a fulfilling place if you don't bring the baggage. Like, like otherwise, it's a fulfilling place you'll never get to see because you're still carrying around compromise. And you got justifiable, not justifiable, you got your reasons for it. Right? All right, that's, that's all for today. Let's stand on our feet. Just, just a, some clarity, Right? Right? You think, Dave, just a little bit of Amen. clarity?